Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 14 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Still on the sidelines but want to get in the game? MyBookie is the place to go. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can create a big parlay. Pick three games to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. And even though we're running out of real estate on football season, there's still plenty for you to be able to get your uh, betting fixed with. Basketball, college basketball, the NBA, NFL, uh, NHL, custom props, even esports, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. Also, Make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll also be the first to know when new odds and props are posted. So don't miss out. Log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code BEARS25 to get your 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. MyBookie. You play. You win. You get paid. This week... On the Bears Talk Underground. After a backbreaking loss in New York last week, our beloved had no time to hang their heads in sulk because the best team in football was coming to Soldier Field for a national TV date to stake their claim in the NFC and give the reeling Bears their second straight loss. Did the Bears conquer primetime again, or were the Rams just too much? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 14 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud. The Bears and Rams finally met on the main stage on Sunday Night Football. And the result was everything that we as Bear fans could have hoped for. What's going on, everybody? Liberty back for the Week 14 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And um, for the second time in a row... The Bears faced an opponent that was supposed to be better than them. They met him on the main stage on Sunday night football at home in front of our crowd. And both times, our beloved came away the convincing victor as the Bears easily put the Rams down 15-6 to last night. And <laughs> what's so amazing about how the defense played uh, last night was the, the fact that uh, somebody put out a tweet either late last night or early this morning naming the the amount of uh, the, the point totals for the Rams throughout this 2018 season. Obviously, six is the season low, but, you know, there was some 40 games. There was the 54-point game against the, the, the Chiefs two weeks ago. The lowest point total of the year for the Rams this year was uh, 23. And I mean, even when in the one game that they lost to the Saints, they lost that game 45 to 35. So even a losing effort, they still still scored 35 points. And last night, a team that was two weeks removed from scoring eight touchdowns against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs 
only managed to score zero against our defense uh, last night. So, you know, talk about all you want about the weather conditions, being on the road, uh, and, and what have you. That's going to affect you to a degree. But uh, in the end, the defense was suffocating from moment one until the final gun. And, um, you know, the Bears really, really established themselves uh, as a serious, serious contender uh, in the NFC. Not in 2019 like we've been talking about most of this season, but right here, right now. They're, they're, there's no denying that after the performance they gave last night, the Bears can absolutely play with anybody you put in front of them. So what a way to kick off the show, right? I mean, what an amazing game last night. Um, not very exciting in the way of points. I, I, was, I was hoping there would be more points uh, on the board, but uh, the fewer points, the better as far as the Bears uh, were concerned. And, um, you know, it, it was uh, uh, quite a performance uh, on both sides. <laughs> And there's positives and negatives uh, to both. Negative mostly on the offensive side because it was Mitch Trubisky's first game back since the last Sunday night game three weeks ago against the uh, Minnesota Vikings where he bruised his uh, bruised his shoulder uh, against the Vikings uh, in, in a winning effort there. Missed the Thanksgiving game and last Sunday's loss to the uh, New York Giants. And um, the concerns about, you know, rust and, and things like that Truthfully, it it didn't look like rust to me, and, and and I say that because he was having the same issues that he's been having pretty much all year. I think it's more of a fundamental issue with Mitch right now, more than anything. Something that I hope definitely gets worked on uh, in the off season. There's something off with the way he's throwing the ball that they just keep sailing on him uh, like that. I mean, you you hear me talk about it in the knee jerk reactions. Uh, throughout the episode about some of the issues that he had uh, throwing the football you know was the weather stiffening him up you know was, was it was he not a hundred percent as he proclaimed to be or or what have you but in the end I, th I do think it's more of a fundamental issue on, on some of those throws because it's it's not his decision making he's just making bad throws that throw to Trey Burton last night um, in the, I think it was the third quarter, uh, Burton was wide open. So it was definitely the right throw. He just sailed it right over his head. The, the, the first interception on the opening drive to Josh Bellamy. Bellamy was open in space, and Peters was uh, Marcus Peters, who made the interception, was a good five yards behind uh, Josh Bellamy and hit him right in the breadbasket with the ball because it went sailing over over Josh Bellamy's head. I mean, it, it happened uh, all three times uh, last night. It really wasn't so much that the the the, the L.A. defenders made excellent plays uh, or anything like that. It was more of a right place, right time type situation, and they were sitting in, in the area where the ball happened to land after Mitch got done sailing it over his uh, intended receiver's head. So uh, I think this is a, a mechanical issue. Uh, with Mitch and the one positive thing about that is that it's correctable so it, it's it's not so much um, like it was with Jay where he was just making stupid decisions uh, throwing it where you shouldn't throw it and, and things like that Mitch uh, by by my memory and, and the way that I remember the game going last night the, every time that he threw an interception he was going to the right place with the ball he just threw it nowhere near where he needed to in order to complete the pass so but uh, 
you know, encouraging in a way for, for Mitch Trubisky to have 110 yards passing, uh, one touchdown, which we'll get to later, and three picks, and for the Bears to still easily walk away uh, with a victory uh, for the Rams, or over the Rams, I should say. So um, it's definitely showing a lot of growth as to where this football team is, and just think of where we have been, because there's no way that any time during the Tressman or Fox era we could have withstood uh, 110 yards passing and three interceptions from our quarterback and come away with a dominant win. You know, and Mitch Trubisky is, has been somewhat of a footnote uh, in the in. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. In the book of this game, because of the defense and their performance, last night i mean they literally did something that no one else has been able to figure out how to do to the rams we completely shut them down uh todd Gurley, i think combined had less than 60 yards of total offense rushing and receiving last night jared goff uh ended up with 180 yards passing but that was because there was a lot of passing going on at the end when they were trying to um diminish the two score deficit that they were under pretty much since the start of the uh, third quarter uh golf threw four interceptions one was a freebie as uh, hail mary at the end of the first half but nonetheless that's four picks that went against him sacked for the safety in the third quarter and so on and so forth and it just kind of goes to uh to 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 me being able to pat myself on the back for being a genius because what did i say during the preview episode that in the end, this football game, when you're playing a high-level game, you know, between two high-level talented teams like what we had last night, it always comes down to who makes the fewest mistakes. And just uh, just in a, in a general, you know, easy way to look at it, Mitch Trubisky threw three interceptions last night. But Jared Goff threw four and got sacked for a safety. Just on a conservative side, that's five mistakes that uh, that the that the Rams made. Five is more than three. The Bears made fewer mistakes. They win. You'll actually hear me say that pretty much word for word <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Uh, knee jerk reaction. I couldn't help myself, but uh, there you go. We made the fewest mistakes on Sunday. We came away with the win. I I, I said at the end of that, uh, you know, um, when I was making that point. I really do think it's as simple as that, and in the end, that's absolutely what happened. The Bears walked away making fewer mistakes, therefore they walked away the victor uh, on Sunday night. And what a huge win for us. And in a way, kind of makes the loss to the Giants that much more bitter. Uh, that The sting that much more because um, I'm producing the show a little bit late tonight because I, I uh, 
had a little sinus headache when I got home, so I took a nap when I got in. Uh, got up just in time. I don't know how I'm getting to bed on time tonight. I really don't. <laughs> but uh, I um, I got up to watch the second half of the of the Monday night game and, and watch the Seattle Seahawks beat the Minnesota Vikings. Had the Bears won last Sunday, we would have a three and a half game lead on Minnesota right now, and we would have clinched the division tonight. We would have been up three and a half games with three left to play. We'd be uh, NFC North Division champs right here, right now, if we'd have been able to pull it off against the Giants uh, last week. We'd be ten and three right now with the Vikings at six, six and one, a three and a half game lead with three games to play. We'd be popping the corks uh, right now, but uh, instead, Minnesota's lost tonight. However, does turn Sunday's game against Green Bay into an opportunity for our beloved to clinch the division uh, against the uh, against the Packers because if they win, no matter what happens with Minnesota, win or lose, we'd be up at least two and a half games with two games to play. So when we get done kicking the holy hell out of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on Sunday, which I fully expect us to do, we will be the NFC North champs for the first time since 2010. So that's a lot of years not being able to talk about playoff games or con- division contention or, or anything like that. Aside from uh, 2011, or excuse me, 2010, the last time the Bears were serious contenders in the NFC North was in uh, 2013, the first year of, of Trestman. We've been a joke ever since. So having having this season come along finally has been a complete breath of, of fresh air. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive in uh, to the uh, knee-jerk reactions uh, my apologies. There is no second quarter knee-jerk reaction. I think what happened was the uh, the microphone that I use for the for the knee-jerk reactions has a on-off switch on the side of it. It's a little ten-dollar Kmart mic that I bought fifteen years ago or whatever it was, um, and I and I use that to give the knee-jerk reactions a different sound. Um, I think I, I turned it off actually at just as I was getting started, but. There is no second quarter knee-jerk reaction. I recorded two and a half minutes of silence at halftime. <laughs> so we're going to jump from the first quarter knee-jerk reaction all the way to the uh, third, but I'll fill in the gaps in between, I promise. So first quarter knee-jerk reaction, uh, it doesn't start the way we want it to on offense. Mitch, Mitch come, uh, kind of comes away with a, a, a bittersweet opening drive, running the football like the Mitch that we all know and love, but also throwing the football a little bit like the Mitch we know and love. Major reaction in the first quarter, the Bears and the Rams and the heavyweight bout, the main event has been a, a tit for tat so far. Uh, did not start the way that we Bear fans would have liked. We started with the football. And Mitch is showing flashes of his old self, uh, scrambling for a couple of first downs. But one of our greatest fears of maybe him showing some kind of rust on that first drive came to fruition when he let a pass sail high, went over the hands of Josh Bellamy into the open arms of Marcus Peters. The Rams brought it all the way back, I think, to about the 10-yard line. It was something like a 48-yard return after the interception. The Bears' defense held firm and forced a field goal attempt, giving the Rams an early 3-0 lead. 
The Bears come back on offense. We're able to, with, with the help of Tariq Cohen, running the football fairly well, but also mixing it up. Jordan Howard here, Tariq Cohen there. More success with Tariq Cohen than Jordan Howard thus far. And we were able to get ourselves within field goal range, and we're tied uh, at 3-3 right now. Uh, right now, the Rams, at the end of the first quarter, going into the second, have the football. They're near midfield. It's third and two uh, right now. And, um, you know, Right now, all I can say is the Bears aren't scared. They're not scared. This moment isn't too big for them. They're not overwhelmed by the competition or anything like that, but they're in a fight. It's 3-3 at the end of the first quarter, and uh, hopefully we'll know more about how the game is going to go by halftime. So because the defense came off the bus ready to play, the interception turned out in, in the end to be more of a no harm, no foul uh, kind of thing. We, we, we were able to... Even though the Rams, the most explosive offense, uh, depending on who you're talking to, whether it's Kansas City or New Orleans or the Rams, uh, I've had I've had more of an opportunity to watch the Rams, and they've dazzled me pretty much every single week until last night, of course, which was a lot of fun to watch. But um, the most explosive offense in, in football, or the most versatile offense in football, uh, starts with the football in the red zone. I mean, that's enough to make your stomach tie up in knots. Like, oh god. Here we go, man. The interception, that's the last thing we needed from Mitch. They brought it all the way back inside the 10, and defense was like, no, not tonight. No, we're, we're going to – you're going to hold right here and go ahead and kick that field goal if you want and held them to the three points. And then the offense answered, which is another thing that we did not see for such a long time. Hell, we didn't see that a lot within the Lovey years when the Bears were actually good more than they were bad. You know, Lovey was 81 and 63 as head coach. There were a lot more happy Sundays than there were sad ones. But even in those days, if the defense didn't do it, we didn't do it at all. And there were very few opportunities that we would see our offense answer something like what happened last night. Usually that would have been something that would have sidetracked us, slowed us down, you know, maybe knocked us off the game plan or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. But instead, after giving up the, the interception and the field goal, the Bears come back with a drive of their own and answer with our own field goal to, to, to make it a 3-3 a game or essentially a 0-0 uh, a game. And that, that's the other thing that's been so amazing about watching this team this year is our ability to answer to the ability to to play the entire 60 minutes which is why i can't wait to play green bay on sunday because we didn't do that against green bay the week one we should have and we didn't and hopefully that's a <laughs> that's an error that we will correct this coming su- i want this game so bad guys I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself but you know i've been saying it for a couple of weeks i want this one i really really do but um you know so the first quarter ended uh three three the defense, uh, you know, playing more of a catch-up type thing, having been put in an early hole by the interception. You know, their their backs are against the wall, uh, quite literally, starting inside their own ten-yard line, but holding firm like the the monsters that they've been all year, and, and forcing the field goal. And um, in the second quarter, sorry, because there's no knee-jerk reaction, uh, the excitement came from our defense this time around. Um, you know, after the the Bears punt the ball away to the uh, to the Rams on the very first play, um, Roquan Smith his first interception as a professional, and I, I also saw on Twitter it's the first interception that kid's gotten since his senior year in high school. He hadn't he didn't get a single interception in his, in his All American stint 
uh, at Georgia. Not one interception for Roquan. He, he gets one in the biggest game of the year and nearly takes it back for a touchdown, gets it down to the four-yard line. Uh, unfortunately, our offense couldn't get out of its own way uh, on that drive. An illegal formation penalty on first down, a holding penalty on second down. So we went from first and goal at the four to first and goal at the 19, and in the end had to settle uh, for a field goal. So um, we're up six to three uh, on the Rams, but the damage um, had been done. The Rams were able to uh, answer with their own field goal to tie it up uh, before the half. A 50-yard field goal with about four minutes to go uh, in the first half. But, um, you know, it was a uh, – trying to look to see where the other interception was. Cause, or was it – was, I think it was in the, sec, in the third quarter, third and fourth quarter for the interceptions uh, for, um, for Mitch. But, uh, yeah, I think – nope. Wait a minute. There it is. Uh, I'm, I'm going play by play. Sorry. Uh, third uh, third quarter – no, or just before halftime – Mitchell Trubisky, pass intercepted, intended for Taylor Gabriel. So yeah, there it was. And that actually, that was the one that was a that was a bad decision, that throw. Now that I remember uh the play, because the defender was literally standing in front of Taylor Gabriel, it almost makes you wonder why Mitch threw him, because Taylor Gabriel's not the world's biggest receiver. So there's a very good chance that when Mitch looked to throw the football, he couldn't see Taylor Gabriel back there. <laughs> I mean, because he threw it right to that guy uh, over there. So that one, yes, that was a bad decision more so than a, a bad throw. I don't know what the hell he was thinking uh, on that one. But once again, the Bears defense swallowing up uh, the defense, or excuse me, the offense of the Rams. Eddie Jackson comes away with an interception right at the half, a gimme uh, on a Hail Mary nonetheless. But, um, you know, the Bears walking away with a 6-6 tie at the half was basically, like I said before, a 0-0 tie going into the halftime. And one, one thing I remember saying during that knee-jerk knee reaction was that with the game the you know tied the way that it was, 6-6 at the half, the Bears were running the football very well uh, in the first half. You heard me mention it during the first quarter knee-jerk reaction. Seemed like we had a little bit more success with Tariq Cohen because we were spreading the Rams out. Um, we were spreading the Rams out. They were playing pass more than they were paying playing run which left a lot open in the middle of the uh in the middle of the field so it's it's not like our offensive linemen had to really dig in and win the war in the trenches uh to um you know to get opening open running lanes uh for our uh for our running backs uh last night i mean we, we granted they got some studs up front and indomitian and sue and michael brockers and oh yeah that guy named aaron donald uh and everything but you know, it was all about, uh, you know, finding the lanes in the running game. Jordan Howard quietly last night, his first 100-yard game of the season. He was averaging, I think, five yards uh, carry last night, something like that. 19 carries for, um, yeah, 19 carries, 101 yards, 5.3 yards a carry last night with a long uh, of 20. The only problem that I had was, um, you know, at times I kind of wished, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, at times last night I kind of wish it was Loggins or Fox that were calling the offensive plays because it used to be, you know, Jordan Howard would break one off for about 12, we would turn right around and hand it off to him again and let him get five or six more or something like that. And instead, Jordan Howard was coming off the field for Taekwon Mazel or 
um, or Tariq Cohen or something like that. It's like, no, leave Howard out there. Let him run the ball a few more times. We're, we're pounding it. You know, let our pound guy run the ball. Go ahead and leave him out there for a couple more plays. Then take him out. He's in shape. Let him run two, three times in a row. It's not going to kill him. So uh, other than that, uh, I love the way that we were running the ball last night. Uh, it helped us conserve the clock to, to win the uh, uh, time of possession battle against the Rams uh, last night, you know, 36, uh, 36, 49 to 23, 11. So basically 37 minutes to 23 last night, nearly a full quarter time of possession advantage for the Bears. And that's what it looked like at halftime. I think we had a seven or eight minute advantage at halftime. We basically did the same thing all over again uh, in the third quarter. Uh, the Bears uh, got off to a hot start in the third quarter. And Eddie Goldman doing his thing, uh, Leonard Floyd getting in on some plays, shutting down Todd Gurley, and then making the plays that won us the game. We won the game in the third quarter. Knee-jerk reactions, the third quarter, the Bears and the Rams. And despite a couple of mistakes, the Bears have not made as many as the Rams have made in this football game. Therefore, we are winning this ball game. It is a two-score game right now, 15-6. to The Bears lead the Rams, and we came out guns blazing in the second half. The very first, uh, you know, I think it was like maybe the second or third play of the half. The Bears, Well, actually, it was two plays. On the very first play from scrimmage in the, in the third quarter, the Bears stuffed Todd Gurley for a five-yard loss on his first carry and then on second down Eddie Goldman pushes two Rams linemen aside to sack Jared Goff for a safety making it eight to six the Bears get the football back drive it all the way back down and on third down we have three defensive linemen in on third and goal then fake the handoff to Akeem Hicks on the play action and hit Bradley's soul for the touchdown. And what I noticed in watching replays is that it was an all-lineman passing route, which means the only linemen were the receivers on the play because Bradley soul caught the ball about two yards ahead of Roy Robertson-Harris. That was the other receiver on that particular route. So it was Blount. There were four defensive linemen, now that I think about it, because Bullard and Nichols were lined up just behind the line of scrimmage Akeem Hicks is in the backfield, and Roy Robertson-Harris was the other tight end on that play. Roy Robertson-Harris and Bradley Soule were the receivers on that route, and Bradley Soule comes down with it. And I saw my favorite stat of 2018 on Twitter saying that in this football game, Todd Gurley has zero touchdowns, Bradley Soule has one. I mean, that's how could you not love every, every ounce of that particular statement. The defense has been outstanding. And that's despite Mitch Trubisky throwing his third interception, killing a very promising-looking drive uh, for the Bears. He's just been wildly inaccurate today. I don't know if it's if his shoulder is still bothering him, if if the cold is affecting him. Maybe he's stiff or something out there, so that's affecting his his motion or something. But it's been all night that he's having problems. The ball is sailing on him. It, it flew over Trey Burton's head into the receiver's hand, into the defender's hands, killing that drive. But on the very next play, the very next play. Kyle Fuller with his seventh interception of the year to take the football back. And uh, the Bears just ended the uh, the third quarter, punting it back to the Rams. The Rams are deep in their own territory. they got to score twice against a defense that has been up their ass all night long. It's not very cordial for me to say what I just said. It's brutally honest, though. That is definitely where the Bears were 
all night long was up the ass of the Rams offense. Jared Goff sacked three times, four interceptions, and, you know, the, the safety at the start of the third quarter. I mean, it was very reminiscent to me of the 2006 NFC Championship game against the Saints. It was a it was a, a close ball game uh, throughout. The, the Saints got within, uh, I think, two points uh, at one point in the second half. And then we uh, there was it was it ended up being ruled an intentional grounding penalty in the end zone on Drew Brees, which was a safety. And that turned everything after that at that point. Uh, it went from being a 16 14 ball game to 18 to 14. And the Bears were rolling uh, from there. They ended up scoring another 21 unanswered to win the game 39 to 14 and go to the Super Bowl. It was very much that kind of way where it was a tight contest and there was just. In the end, like I said, whoever made the fewest mistakes and Goff didn't get the ball away, his receivers didn't get open, whoever's mistake it was, or the lineman that just, actually I said two linemen, Eddie Goldman literally pushed two guys aside, pushed one, his initial blocker out of the way, and then got through the second one, and he met Akeem Hicks at Jared Goff for the safety. So if Goldman doesn't get there, Akeem finishes him off. And we, and we did that to the Rams offensive line all night Long Jared Goff was um, pressured 18 times uh, last night, and this is for a quarterback who attempted 44 passes. So 18 out of 44, more than a third of the time that he dropped back to pass, he was under pressure, and it, it was you know constantly in his face. And and you know you heard me talk about the the interception that Mitch threw. It became another no harm, no foul type situation when Kyle Fuller intercepted the ball back on the very next play. It goes back to what I said a few moments ago. This is a team that all throughout the year answers. They answer, and then they answer again. You can never count them out, which is what makes them so goddamn exciting to watch. You know, in the past, in, in, in the recent past, and as, as recent as last year, something like that happens. We're, we're moving the football like we were on that particular drive. The quarterback sails one over uh, Trey Burton's head, over the receiver's head into the waiting arms of the defender. Chances are they're going to get some points out of that, whether it be a field goal, they put one in the end zone, or whatever. The momentum has been stolen, and they're going to take advantage of it. Instead, Kyle Fuller goes out there, makes an excellent play on the ball, and steals the momentum back. And, and made sure that Mitch's mistake was erased, essentially. It'll go down on the stat sheet, but it didn't really affect the outcome of the game other than it, it stopping the drive that was moving uh, at the time. And that's what's so great about this game. And that's what's not talked about enough with the Bears right now. Everybody was talking leading up to this game, are they, are they contenders? Some people saying, yes, they are. Others saying, well, let's wait and see after the Rams game and, and so on and so forth. Very little is being said on a national level about the resiliency of this team. I mean, hell, even in a losing effort last week, the Bears did something that most teams don't do. Coming back the way that they did in the final moments uh, against the Giants uh, last Sunday, taking the risks that they took in order to put themselves in a position to send it to overtime and get themselves an opportunity to win the game. The Bears of past would not have done something like that this team has and and I even mentioned it in a, in a tweet last night and I've mentioned it on the show before this team is playing with an extra gear that we haven't seen them play with for a very 
very long time. I mean, one of the things that I was envious of watching Green Bay over the years, watching other teams, whether it be the Seahawks or last year with the Vikings or the Saints and things like that, the the Panthers of a couple of years ago, they always just seem to be playing football at a different level than the one the Bears were playing on. And that's why whenever they ran into one of those teams, they'd run us off the field. And this year, we're that team that's running everybody else off the field. We'll have our off days just like we did last Sunday against the Giants. But for the most part, we're going to go down kicking and screaming like we did against the Giants last week. And if you can't handle what we're bringing to the table, it's going to be a long night for you like it was for the Rams last night. Todd Gurley, the leading rusher in the NFL, had 29, 28 yards rushing on 11 carries and he had a long of 12 last night. So you take away that 12-yard run, it's 10 carries for 16 yards for the leading rusher in the NFL. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We dominated that offensive line throughout the entire football game. And I, you know, you heard me mention it. I think I mentioned it in the preview that a year ago at this time, my strategy for slowing the Rams down would have been, well, we got to shut down Todd Gurley and put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. I said, I don't think Jared Goff is that quarterback right now. And, and that's why, you know, the proposition of beating or slowing down this Rams offense was as daunting as it appeared to be. I watched that Monday night game where he put up 54 points on the Chiefs, uh, you know, two weeks ago on Monday night football. I watched that game. I watched him carry the team on his back and sling it all over the field and get them in a position to to win that uh, that video game uh, of, a, of an outcome uh, that night. And it's like, okay, well, if we shut down Gurley, they still have a ton of guys to throw the football to. And, you know, we got all these guys we got to worry about and Gurley coming out of the backfield. I, I, I thought the Bears could do it, but would they be able to? Would they be able to account for everybody on the field all at once? And our defense spent the night making the Rams look average and very, very beatable. So, you know, I've been saying all along, out of the teams in the NFC, you know, who do I think the Bears had a better chance of beating? I said all along I thought it was the Rams, but that's because I thought we'd be able to slow down that offense and rack up points on that defense that was giving up 20-plus points uh, a game. This game went the complete opposite way. We completely shut down their offense, and despite our deficiencies in, in moving the football and putting uh, our own points on the board, 15 was enough to get us the win uh, last night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we go into the fourth quarter, and uh, the Bears put the nail in the coffin. Uh, another interception of Jared Goff, maybe throwing another sack there uh, as well. No points scored by either team. Uh, they did miss a field goal, uh, poetically doinking it off the, uh, the goalpost, which was... That was just awesome uh, when that happened. But a 0.4 quarter, but that also meant that the two-score lead the Bears had going into the fourth quarter held, and our beloved came away with a very big win. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Rams at the fourth quarter. 
and it's done. The Bears have beaten the best team in the NFL, and they did it soundly, 15-6. to They couldn't put any points on the board in the fourth quarter, but they didn't need them anyway. The defense was beyond amazing tonight. Four interceptions of Jared Goff. We sacked him a few times once for a safety. That was the real difference in the football game. That changed the way that the Rams had to play because they had to score twice against this defense. Not just once to tie it up after the Bears scored that touchdown uh, with Bradley Soule. It would have been 13-6, to but instead 15-6 to made it a two-score game, and it comes right down to what I said it was going to in the end. Yes, the Bears have to stop Gurley. they got to slow down that passing game. they got to get after Jared Goff. But in the end, it was going to come down to which team made the fewest mistakes. And tonight, despite Trubisky's three interceptions, that team was the Bears. Those three interceptions were basically the mistakes that the Bears made tonight. Jared Goff threw four picks and got sacked for safety. That's five mistakes just as a conservative count. And five is more than three. The Bears with fewer mistakes, they come away with the victory. An outstanding win for the Bears. Now we get ready to go into the home stretch, our final home game next week, and this is the one that I want. I want this one so bad. We get Green Bay coming into Soldier Field next Sunday. I want the Bears to do this to Aaron Rodgers and smash the Packers into the turf next week. What a great win for for the Bears. What an outstanding win. We move to 9-4. and four. No matter what, we're at least a game and a half ahead of Minnesota if they win or lose because they play tomorrow night uh, against the, uh, the Seahawks. If, if they win, they're a game and a half behind. If they lose, they're two and a half behind the Bears with only three games uh, left to play. Such an outstanding job coaching from Matt Nagy and for especially from Vic Fangio. Just put together a scheme that uh, shut the Rams offense, an offense scoring 35 points a game. We completely shut them down tonight. We win the ball game 15-6. to What a great performance from our defense and I don't think there's anyone out there who doubts whether or not the Bears can handle making a postseason run. With that defense, we have a chance against anybody that we play. It's extremely fun for that to be an absolute legitimate point. The Bears can play with anybody. That's what everybody is saying about the Bears uh, today and, and it was a fear of mine with the way that the Bears won last night that in instead of the discussion being about the Bears and how dominant they were and and how they stepped up on a, on a major stage on national television a game that was flexed to the national stage it was supposed to be a noon kickoff uh, game uh, instead it was presented for the whole world to see and the Bears stepped up again uh, just like they did a few weeks ago on, on Minnesota when that game was flexed uh, into prime time instead of it being about the bears answering the bell once again and, and doing something that seemingly no one has been able to figure out how to do even the saints who beat the rams um they didn't do it as soundly as the bears did last night or as convincingly or to make the rams look as inept as they did on offense which was unfathomable before we come into this game my fear was that instead of the discussion being about elevating the bears and their position in the nfc that it would be a discussion about diminishing the Rams and what they've done this year uh, with the uh, with the one loss. I mean, I mean, you look. Granted, they're an eleven and two football team right now, but 
both of those losses were against the other two teams in the NFC right now. In the discussion for the NFC crown, it's the Bears, the Saints, and the Rams. And for some people out there who are in love with Dallas's defense right now, Dallas is in the discussion right now because they're a division leader. They're going to make the playoffs most likely. But as far as teams that are going to be able to do it, make a deep playoff run, the last night the Bears inserted themselves into that conversation. And with the Rams having played both the Saints and the Bears and losing to them both in a convincing way, two different two different scenarios, but um, the Rams and uh, excuse me, the Saints and the Bears convincingly beat the uh, Rams. How good are the Rams, really? You know, I mean, really, the only big game that they won uh, this year would be their victory over the uh, over the Chiefs, and that was a home game. But you go on the road against the two best teams in the NFC, uh, and you get it handed to you uh, in, in both of those uh, in both of those instances. I mean, the, the the Rams made a hell of a more hell of a more of a surge against the Saints than they did against us uh, last night. Um, but you know, nonetheless, the two teams they're going to have to contend with, and most likely the two teams they're going to have to beat in order to make it to the Super Bowl, they haven't been able to do it. Uh, they haven't been able to do it. So. Uh, I was worried that the you know the discussion would be like what's going on with the Rams more so than how about them Bears and um, from the the national outlets that I had an opportunity to listen to uh, today it has been more of a discussion about the Bears than it has been about you know wow look at what happened with the Rams or uh, or anything like that it's um, it's not being looked at as a fluke or an anomaly uh, as far as what the Bears did I think it's being looked at more of a a fluke or an anomaly as to uh, how the Bears managed to shut down the offensive genius that is Sean McVay uh, last night. So, um, you know, the playoffs can't get here fast enough, man. I really want to uh, see what the Bears are going to be able to do in the postseason. I'm putting the card before the horse uh, on this one. We got a Green Bay game to uh, to get through first. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pumped uh, that the fact that um, – you know, even in the past, in 2010 or, or anything like that, when when it came to high-level football, the chances were that the Bears usually end up coming up short, which is why Lovey doesn't have a job uh, in the NFL or with the Bears anymore, I should say. But um, this is a team I feel like, uh, yeah, we're going to be able to do this. We can absolutely do this. Uh, you know, the one big concern, obviously, being our quarterback position, uh, right now, we seem to, uh, you know, do a lot in repairing our run game last night. But, uh, you know, the quarterback, we got to figure out what's going on with him. Is it more of a fundamental thing? Is his shoulder still bothering him? Uh, that kind of thing. Hopefully it's, a, you know, questions that we can have answered by Sunday when we play the Packers. And it was just more of a more of a bad day, more of a ring rust kind of thing uh, for Mitch. And he comes back and, you know, all of these things can be put to rest when we play Green Bay uh, in, in a few more day, in a few days. But uh, until we do, those questions will remain. So, uh, you know, he, he, tend, he seems to be the one thing keeping people from saying, absolutely, the Bears are legit. Um, the, you know, but uh, based on, on what people are saying right now is that we'll need a performance like that from the defense every week to offset the damage that Mitch Trubisky is going to do on the offensive side. Um, it's it's not a bad argument right now because no one can no one can uh, disagree uh, with that based on the way that he played last night. But I I I can't wait to find out. I honestly can't wait to find out. So um, anyway, 
our beloved come away with their uh, with the big victory over the Rams, fifteen to six, to move to nine and four. Uh, we still hold on to the third spot in the uh, NFC uh, playoff race, uh, a game ahead of the Cowboys, who are at eight and five. Uh, we have the um, Packers coming in on Sunday, and uh, going to be busy this week. Uh, the Acme Packing Company podcast hosts uh, asked me to make an appearance on the show. We'll be recording the appearance tomorrow um, on Tuesday, and I will keep you guys posted on uh, on on Twitter and such as to when that episode is going to come out, so you can hear me. Uh, talk about that uh with the acme packing guys and uh evan western our good friend from acme packing company on sp nation i'll be talking to him on wednesday in preparation for thursday's uh preview episode so there's that is going to be a fun discussion because definitely we're going to be talking about week one uh i would love to hear what week one was like from a packer fan perspective uh how much of uh al michaels and chris collinsworth's um over exaggeration of uh Aaron Rodgers situation what were they buying into or or what have you do they agree that they were kind of overdoing it with uh with their praise of Aaron Rodgers and not being able to walk under his own power and all that garbage um <laughs> or were they just too busy enjoying the fact that Rodgers did it to the Bears again so we'll uh we'll talk to um we'll talk to Evan about that the firing of McCarthy, his thoughts on Joe Philbin being head coach, and um, what he sees happening on Sunday and if he's looking forward to it at all. So uh, anyway, that's going to do it for the Week 14 review. What do you say we go ahead and wrap things up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Use promo code BEARS25 to get a 50% deposit bonus to kickstart your bankroll on my bookie. And, uh, you know, big games with the Bears coming up this week with the Packers. Uh, a lot of other action around the NFL. Bowl games are starting this weekend. Those games that we're really super interested in uh, with some of the most ridiculous names I've ever heard. Uh, in my life it really kind of has gotten out of hand I mean they they only let four teams into the the into the college football playoff but there are teams that are going to be six and five or six and six and five and seven playing in bowl games uh, this weekend and we really need that we need a Gasparilla Bowl whatever the hell that is but we can't have eight teams in the playoffs to uh, definitively answer the the question about who the best team is and it would end the debate on, on why number five can't get in, who the number five team is, and all the rest of that garbage. It's a much harder argument to make that the number nine team should be in than it would be to uh, make an argument about the five uh, team to get in. So anyway, <laughs> you'll have that and many more. The NHL, the NBA, college basketball, they're going to start conference play here uh, pretty soon. So plenty of action to be had at my bookie. You play, you win, and you get paid. And now... We move on to the week 14 bear up, bear down list. And uh, we only have one bear down. So I'm going to just go ahead and get it out of the way. And and you hate to uh, to kind of pile on. But uh, he really was the only person I was uh, unhappy with uh, last night. And that's uh, that's Mitch Trubisky. And, and, and got nothing to do with like feeling like he let us down uh, or anything like that. He just played a bad football game. He was literally all over the place. 
uh, throwing the football. He was lowballing. He was, in some cases, like he threw a ball so hard at Taylor Gabriel when he was only about six yards away. I swear to God, I thought it was going to leave a hole in, in Taylor Gabriel's hands if he tried to catch it. Like it would have just taken his hands clean off his arms uh, if, if Gabriel had tried to catch that ball. He threw it so damn hard. Um, you know, that's why I was thinking is something's not right with his uh, mechanics. Maybe his shoulder is still uh, bothering him and maybe need a little more treatment. But, uh, you know, he looked great on his feet. Um, he avoided some sacks last night. But uh, overall, if, if the ball game came down to him, he would have let us down last night. Thankfully, um, the defense was just too good for it to matter, to, t- you know, to tell you the truth. And um, the tally for mistakes was all on the Trubisky end. And thankfully, our defense was able to force mistakes out of the, force more mistakes, I should say, out of the Rams to get us the victory uh, last night. So bear down to Mitch Trubisky. But here's hoping that uh, you bounce back on Sunday uh, against the Packers and make us forget about it all. Okay, on the bear upside, there are a ton of names on this list. Um, first of all, let's start with our offensive line. They did an outstanding job uh, last night. Um, aside from those few pressures uh, that Trubisky was under uh, last night, uh, did they even get a sack on Mitch last night? One. They got one sack last night. Jonathan F- J. Franklin, John Franklin Myers, a defensive edge. So there was one sack on Trubisky uh, last night, but uh, you know he was under pressure a couple of other times, but managed to get away. Used his feet to scramble and, and get out of the pocket, and uh, you know get something out of those. But the big thing being that uh, everyone was worried about the the force that is Aaron Aaron Donald and what he would be able to do, the kind of chaos that he would uh, put this Bears offense through that offensive line. And aside from them talking about him from time to time, when they compared him and Khalil Mack to each other, their contracts, their their sack totals, and, and all that kind of stuff, when it came down to actual plays, I know that Aaron Donald made a tackle on a, on a, on a short yardage situation, but he did not sack Mitch Trubisky. He did not get close to sacking Mitch Trubisky last night, and he was a virtual non-factor in the game, and that's a bear up to the offensive line and their and their uh, offensive line coach, Harry Heastan, just an outstanding job, specifically from James Daniels, who uh, was uh, tasked with, with being head up on, on uh, Aaron Donald for most of the football game. But big shout-outs to Brian Witzman, who did not play well last week against the Giants. Uh, bear up to um, Cody Whitehair, who was uh, offering a lot of help on the inside uh, on Donald. And our tackles, Bobby Massey and, and Charles Leno, they, they, aside from that one sack, kept Mitch clean all night long and opened up big lanes for Jordan Howard to have his first 100-yard game uh, of the season. So big bear ups to our offensive line answering the call uh, last night when the task seemed to be daunting. Not only did you have Aaron Donald, but you had Ndamukong Sue, you had Michael Brockers, you had Dante Fowler coming off the edge uh, and everything else. It was a big task that the offensive line was asked to do, and they pulled it off in spades uh, last night. Uh, And conversely, bear up to our defensive front last night. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, uh, Roy Robertson Harris got in, you know, hit uh, Jared Goff last night. Um, you know, Leonard Floyd making plays uh, last night. Aaron Lynch getting some pressure in, in the passing in the passing game uh, as well. 
We were just constantly in and dominating an offensive line that had been solid and consistent all year long. Force, uh, you know, we were under, under pressure 18 out of 44 times. That's actually almost half. That's a hell of a lot more than a third. Almost half of the time Jared Goff dropped back to pass. Somebody was in his face. Somebody was causing the trajectory of his throw to be altered or for him to actually have to throw it to somebody else uh, in order to avoid uh, the sack or, you know, and, and then bear ups to our secondary. Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. Uh, Prince of Mukamura, another interception for him, another interception for Eddie Jackson, another interception for Kyle Fuller uh, last night. Adrian Amos, the only one not getting in on it uh, last night. Big bear up to Sherrick McManus. Uh, Bryce Callahan goes down with a foot injury in the, in, early in the second quarter, and it's like we never missed him. Sherrick McManus coming in, making, up, making tackles. Uh, you know, he was the one that made a tackle on Gurley when the, the Rams were in the red zone at one point and uh, slowing him down. Uh, and everything and everybody came to play last night uh, bear up Roquan Smith his first interception in a very long time his first interception as a bear put the bears in a position to uh, to take an early lead on the Rams unfortunately the offense only came away with a field goal but Roquan put us in that position there uh, Danny Trevathan being all over the place last night um, you know it's just like everybody on defense I mean you got to give a bear up to the entire defense they swallowed the Rams whole last night it was a beautiful thing uh, to watch very old school watching us do it with defense and a running game uh, last night being able to win the way that we did despite Mitch 110 yards on 30 attempts and uh, three interceptions the one touchdown scored in the entire football game uh, to uh, Bradley soul by the way bear up Bradley soul not only did you catch the touchdown you also had a pretty awesome touchdown celebration dance uh, as well bear up Matt Nagy he hasn't been out coached all year. It hasn't happened yet. You know, he um, he took his foot off the gas in the Green Bay game. Um, you know, it was pl- it was special teams that got us beat against New England. Um, I don't think he got out coached in Miami. Um, that would probably be the one you could make an argument for. But uh, you know, last week against the Giants uh, was just a bad day. So, you know, that's something that we haven't really been able to see even during the love years, man. There were times we were just outmatched. We were being outsmarted by our opponents. And, and that's not happening uh, anymore. And I think last night was was perfect, was evident of that fact. We had the one of the smartest minds in football uh, matching wits with Vic Fangio. Bear up Vic Fangio. And uh, the Bears came away convincing winners uh, in that duel. Uh, right there Fangio definitely giving uh, McVeigh more than he could chew uh, uh, last night and um, let's not forget uh, bear up Jordan Howard you know 19 carries 101 yards 5.3 yards a carry with a long of 20 that was vintage Jordan Howard what we were seeing uh, last night I think that's something that I did mention during that knee-jerk reaction that nobody's ever going to hear in the second quarter vintage Jordan Howard was what we were seeing uh, last night, you know, running through tackles. The first person that touches him is on the second level, that kind of thing. Able to, to break off runs of 10, had a long of 21 at one point uh, last night. That's the Jordan Howard that we're used to seeing. Uh, bear up Tariq Cohen, uh, nine carries for 69 yards, which again goes to me giving praise to the offensive line, 170 yards rushing from our top two running backs last night and on top of the 23 from Mitch. Uh, as well so nearly 200 yards rushing uh, from uh, from our backfield uh, last night against that uh, against that defense so very impressive 
all around. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. You got Howard Fangio, Fuller Hicks, Goldman Smith, Floyd, Trevathan, Jackson, Sowell, offensive line, Matt Nagy. There you have it. Um, I guess if we had to name one other bear down, it would be an honorable mention. Cody Parkey missed another field goal last night, but at least he didn't doink it off the upright. So that's why he doesn't make the bear down list. More of an honorable mention for missing the field goal. It really wouldn't have mattered. It still would have been a two score game. It would have just been 18 to six instead of 15 to six. So didn't really matter, but got to make those kicks. But overall, an outstanding performance from our beloved. Um, it was a lot of fun walking into work today wearing my bear shirt. And um, <laughs> we're, on, we're on casual dress throughout the month of December, so I can wear a T-shirt. Uh, I wore a long-sleeve Bears T-shirt with, uh, with my jeans today and uh, very proudly uh, displaying that, uh, that orange C uh, on my chest as I walk through, the, uh, walk through the office. People asking me about the game last night. How did it go? Like, you don't know. The Bears kicked ass last night. <laughs> They're awesome. So, um, yeah, it was uh, an awesome feeling. Uh, knowing that we 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 came away victors in our biggest test of the year, that we dominated that ball game, that it wasn't really the back and forth that we were actually honestly that I was hoping for, you know, because I thought it was going to be like like going into that Tampa Bay game. I either thought it was going to be a knockdown drag out or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to kill us. That's how I thought it was going to be with the way that they played offense at the time, and. You know, that's what I was kind of expecting with the Rams game. You guys heard me say it in the preview when talking to Brad Mater. I thought the Rams were either going to kill us, like we wouldn't be able to, they would have just been better than us and, and, you know, we weren't quite ready yet, or it was going to be a fight to the finish, and it was neither, actually. Even though the score was uh, relatively close, the, the score does not really tell the story about the dominant uh, performance that the Bears put together. Uh, last night and them being talked about as legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl is uh, <laughs> it's a fun discussion uh, to listen to and as soon as Mitch uh, gets things figured out hopefully he does it still in 2018 uh, then we'll really be something to worry about so I mean it's it's just because we can't quite depend on Mitch at the time because we have weapons we have Allen Robinson Trey Burton Taylor Gabriel Anthony Miller Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen out of the backfield uh, and everything else so we know that this offense can click we know that this offense can go but we need our quarterback to play well in order to do that so he hasn't done it on a consistent enough basis for people to be you know to just slap their money on the table and said i'm putting my money on the bears uh the defense is good enough to make a lot of people do that but most people are kind of shaky about it to be at the to be honest at this point because of our quarterback but um nonetheless we're going to be okay and uh, I can't wait to uh, to get to it. I really can't wait to to get to do some postseason episodes, man. That's going to be so much fun talking about uh, you know do or die situation. And so far this year, in do or die situations, the Bears have come out on top, and it's been a joy to watch and take part in and to talk to you guys about. It's been absolutely a blast. So I can't wait to uh, to see where this is all going. So. Anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 14 review of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, keep your eyes on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be letting you guys know when my appearance on the Acme Packing uh, Company podcast uh, will be released. I don't know if it's going to be Tuesday night or first thing on Wednesday, but I'll be sure to let you know. Um, we'll be talking to Evan Western from Acme Packing Company on Wednesday night for the Thursday night uh, preview episode so that's going to be a fun discussion evan and i talking about week one and and everything that's gone down between both of our teams uh throughout the year i think the bears are having the year 
that everyone thought Green Bay was going to have and Green Bay's having the year that everyone thought the Bears were going to have. So, uh, you know, with this first year and all the new moving parts, um, they thought things would be interesting for the Bears, but not that we'd be a nine-win team closing in on a division title this weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to Evan about all of that and so much more. So come back on Thursday for the preview. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.